Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, family? It's Dr. Shonda. Listen, so many of you have been saying such great things about the podcast, and I'm appreciative of all the information and things that you guys share. So it is my pleasure to share dope conversations with you every single week, but I need your help. I need you to go into wherever you're listening to this podcast and rate the podcast five out of five stars. That's right. If you're not a hater, then go ahead into Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you're listening to this podcast, and go ahead and leave your girl a five out of five stars. Thanks so much. Chanel, I have a question. What's up? Have you ever felt lonely in your entrepreneurial ventures and journey? Listen, that is such a real feeling, especially as a black woman, especially as an entrepreneur, especially as a kingdom woman trying to level up and move forward in my life. Listen, the the interesting thing is I hear that from so many different women. Yeah. So I thought it was the perfect timing for us to collaborate our entrepreneurial success and the things that we've learned along the way for kingdom women specifically. Listen, I'm so excited about this. So that's right. You guys are able to sign up today starting in October, our specific membership group where you'll have access to our knowledge on branding, marketing how to sell how to pitch yourself yes how to you know apply the bible to your business applying the bible to your business yes uh corporate fast like all of those things exercise your faith so many different things and above all chanel it's great to have an accountability group listen i'm really excited to be a part of a group of a bunch of people that look like me and we're all trying to get to the same place and listen and the fact that we're coming together doing it yeah you know i say this humbly I've been thriving in full-time entrepreneurship for some years now. Yeah. You've generated millions for the sports industry. Yes. We have so many different skill sets that we are going to offer. Yeah. We're two separate powerhouses and we're coming together to build this membership for you all. Not only from a business and physical natural standpoint, but also a spiritual standpoint. Yes. I can't wait to get into the world. I'm excited. Entrepreneurship. I'm excited. The word and entrepreneurship together, Chanel. Listen. In a membership group. Listen. Girl. I'm ready. So if you guys are ready for our group that starts in October, please make sure that you click the link in our show notes and we can't wait to see y'all. Cannot wait. Period. (laughs) Have y'all checked out my Amazon storefront yet? Listen, whether you're searching for last minute date night outfits, perfecting your 4C curls, or delving into mental health books or enhancing your nail game, I've got you covered. Y'all know here at the Dr. Shonda Podcast, we like to serve looks and books. So make sure that you guys click on my affiliate link for a hassle-free shopping experience that supports my creation efforts. Elevate your lifestyle and your mental health today. I think that the both of you are are doing an amazing job at dismantling the belief system, um, as you stated, that if I have these types of thoughts, that means I'm not resilient. That means I'm not strong. Yeah. How did y'all get to the place where you kind of unlearned that? Mm, Therapy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. um, You know, I always talked about Dr. T. That's the, that's my home girl. Like, you know, (laughs) so, you know, it's, it's really been therapy. Honestly, you know, it's not just going to therapy and venting. It's actually going to therapy and applying what you're learning and unlearning the things that we have been taught. Am I, did I go away yeah. again? Gosh, darn it. Man, I keep looking at my Wi-Fi. Look, everything looks fine. But um, <laughs> I was saying that, you know, it's really been therapy. 
and whether it's learning or unlearning and I had and I had to learn that what I was taught and what was told to me that it's it's not true but it was very hard to like unlearn that and to believe that because I also grew up in the church so that added up made it a little a little more spicy you know because I was yeah. like oh you know you're gonna go to hell and just that just made it harder. You don't have enough faith. I was told I need to just speak in tongues for 20 minutes a day and that thing going to go away. And why are you taking that medication? You just need to pray harder. So that just made things even worse because now I felt like my faith was attacked and then I was angry with God and then I didn't want to go to church and I want don't put no gospel music on. Don't tell me you praying for me. So I even had to work through that in therapy. Wow. And I feel like, Working with my, you know, September made eight years with Dr. T. We've been rocking and rolling. And um, I just feel Amazing. like because of the work that I have done with her, um, I, yes, she tells me like, oh, you did the work. I just kind of guided you. But I feel like ultimately staying consistent in therapy has really helped. Not just like going because something wrong and then not going. I feel like that's what has helped me unlearn. It's that consistency things. piece. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think for yeah. me, definitely therapy. Um, for a long time, I'm not going to lie, I was very resistant to the advice that my therapist would give me. Like, I just wanted to go there and vent because I just wanted someone to hear me. And it's mm -hmm. like, did you do your homework, Jordan? And I'm like, no, I even had a therapist <laughs> in the past. Bless her heart. She looked at me. She was so fed up. She said, like, why do you keep coming? And I'm like, what do you mean? Why do I keep coming? Like, I'm here to talk with you. And she's like, no, you have to work through these things. It's not just about, you know, your session here, but you have to do stuff outside of it. And I was like, okay, okay. Um, it took me years later That's to, true. yes. Okay. I really thought that I was going to find healing and going to her office and just <laughs> raging. <laughs> But in fact, there was work to be done outside sure. of the hospital. And I will say, I think the biggest breakthrough that I've had um, was realizing that two things can be true at the same time when it comes to my family. I love my parents. I do. Um, particularly, you know, with my father being gone boy, this is my first time talking about this on a public okay. platform, but I'm going to say it. That's okay. Oh, I experienced the unwanting touching from my father. Mm. And my father was the, I guess you could say, more loving and affectionate of the two between him and my mom. And so... Um, even to this day, I really struggle with, you know, I guess relationships with men because it feels like untrustworthy. You know what I mean? Like that first real male figure in my life to, you know, who's supposed to love me and protect me, but could also hurt me. And for a long time, I wrestled with the idea of, oh my gosh, my father is just this awful, awful person. But as I've grown, I've actually found a lot of comfort in this. Like, I love my dad. I miss my dad every single day. Matter of fact, um, I was on Miguel's Instagram and he posted a picture recently 
of himself and his brother. And I think it must have been like his dad's birthday or something. And they all went out. And I saw the pictures and it was so pure, y'all. I was like, oh my gosh, it was so sweet. Um, and I sat on the side of my bed. That was earlier this week or last week. And I was like, dang, I really miss my dad. I was crying. Two things can be true at the same time. Yeah. I love my dad. I wish my dad was here, man. I wish I could go out to eat with him and we can talk and we could chat, but he's still dead wrong. And I found a lot of healing in that. Like, I don't have to think of him as this messed up, wrong person. Mm -hmm. That's my dad. That's the only dad I will ever have. I miss him. I wish he was here. But he was wrong. Two things can be true at the same time. Absolutely. And it brought me a lot of comfort. I wish I would have picked up on that sooner, like years ago, but I didn't for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My thinking was always so black and white, um, but um, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a lot more gray these days, and yeah. I'm taking steps in the right direction. Every day is a work in progress, so. Sure. I'm Just proud of you, friend. Yes. I've had to say I'm proud of her, because Jordan has never said that publicly. Like, I've known, no. but I just got to say I'm proud of you, girl, and yeah. I love you. I Thank was going to say, I acknowledge your, your strength right now. Like that, it takes a lot of courage in general just to talk about um, sexual assault, but to, to identify the perpetrator and to say, you know what, even though what they did was wrong, like I still love my dad, mm -hmm. right? I, I think that in itself, you highlighting that can bring so much freedom to somebody else who might be yes. experiencing the same having a hard time how to like figure out these emotions and questioning why do I still love this person why do I miss this person who violated me in such a way right right yeah it's it, was, it was a big step but yeah I'm glad that I got here I mean I, to this day I still go visit my dad's grave it's really really close to where I live um and I'll just go out there and I'll just talk I'm sure I probably look nuts to people who are like also in the cemetery visiting their everybody loves mcdonald's fries so yes you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home um but the bag did feel a little light ba -da -ba -ba -ba. loved one but i kid you not i'll go out there i'll visit him and i'll pick up the conversation where we left i tell him about the things that are going on in my life I tell him about this podcast, like, and it brings me a lot of healing because I just, I guess I just want him to know that I'm okay. And I wish he was here to experience these things with me, but mm. you know, such is life, I guess. Yeah. Oh, we're sending you virtual hugs. Thank right you. Now. <laughs> yes. The vulnerability, like I said, there's strength and vulnerability. So we definitely yeah. praise and affirm that. Yeah. Uh, can, can you ladies talk to us a bit more about like, life after the attempt and the experiences that you continue to have because a lot of people think like well I went to therapy I did xyz I went to church blah 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 I shouldn't have these thoughts anymore and it's a journey so yes yeah. <laughs> it's definitely an ongoing thing I don't prayerfully thankfully I don't experience suicidal thoughts I wouldn't even say, like, I don't even experience passive suicidal thoughts these days. It's been a while. I think the last time I experienced it was maybe 2021. Um, but I have to make a conscious effort every day 
to focus on my mental health, you know, do things that are going to fill me up and not drain me. Um, I literally take each day piecemeal, one thing at a time, because again, I had suicidal thoughts. I would get better. It was like up and down. I would get better. I would feel worse, get better, feel worse. Um, so for a lot of people, it isn't just a one and done like Takiya mentioned earlier. I literally just prioritize my mental health, check in with myself, really stay in tune with how I'm feeling. If I'm noticing that I'm feeling a bit more depressed, that's when I'll reach out to, you know, I don't have a, I'm in between therapists now, but I'm going to get one because he is going to hold me accountable and make sure I do that. <laughs> but in the meantime, you know, I'll check in with someone, talk to Takiya about it. Um, and I think the self-awareness is what really keeps me doing well these days. Um, but it is a journey. It's, it's for a lot of people, it is not a one and done It's so interesting. I'm as Jordan's talking. I'm sitting here. I'm fighting back tears. I'm like, <laughs> you don't gotta fight. That's what uh, I know, doing. right? I know it's okay to cry, and I tell Jordan this all the time. I should eat my own words. I'd be like, Jordan, it's okay to cry. Don't apologize. For, don't apologize. Don't you dare apologize for crying. You go ahead and cry. And now I'm sitting here like I ain't gonna cry. <laughs> um, but I I think about honestly, um. The fact that sometimes I get so frustrated, like, sometimes, honestly, I just get really frustrated with fighting. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, sometimes I feel like it's it's not fair. Like, why do I have to always have these thoughts? Like, just even, it's September, just August, like the beginning of August. Like, I was talking to Jordan about it, and I even did, like, a a video on TikTok that got like the most views ever. I was saying like when you struggle with chronic suicidal ideation and like the amount of people who reached out to me, um, of course it helps me feel less alone, but sometimes I'm just like, I'm tired. Like, you know, imagine just being that little, I'm thinking about the little girl in middle school and now in my thirties, I'm just like, some days I just be like, this is too much. Like, I don't want this to be my struggle. And it's just like, I don't want it to be forever, but I'm like, it just seems like maybe that's just in the cards. And I know with bipolar disorder, it could be tricky because the highs and lows just kind of make you a bit unstable, but it is very frustrating. Some days I just, I say like, I don't want to do this, but I think what keeps me honestly going is like, of course I'm, I'm taking that tablet twice a day that I hate taking. <laughs> that's part of it. Um, of course, my therapist has been vital. Like, I love my therapist. I feel like I, she is one of the best. Um, she holds me accountable. She will willing to see me on the weekend, even though she ain't seeing nobody, you know. So I do feel like I'm very grateful that I feel like she goes above and beyond. Um, but the other part is also just like doing things like Jordan talked about that makes me feel happy. Like before we jumped on, I didn't go to my 5 a.m. workout class this morning like I normally do. So at 5 today, I went for and I jogged three and a half miles. So like working That's out also helps me. Like I, when I'm jogging, I'm listening to a podcast, something self-development all the time. I'm like, we working on the mental and the physical at the same time. So I feel like that helps um, journaling. 
Um, I have affirmation cards that I use. I use guided meditation apps. Um, and I also have RAP, um, Wellness Recovery Action Plan, which is something that has been very helpful that I used in the hospital that it changed my life so much that I became a, I got certified to teach it. It's an evidence-based um, training that really does help people with mental health challenges. Like, what do you look like on your best day? What does it look like when things are breaking down? What are your triggers? What does a, what does a crisis look like? Who do you want a part um, of your, you know, of your, of your support system when you are in a crisis, who you don't want a part of your support system, what hospitals you want to go to, where you don't want to go, you know? So I feel like I have kind of going to what Jordan talked about, a level of self-awareness. Like I am extremely self-aware and I feel like that helps me a lot. And I like to tell myself, Takiya, you have to keep your cup full, Keep actually keep it overflowing, Give from your overflow and what's in your cup is for you and what runs over is for everybody else. And so I think what helps as well is just having a schedule. I have a morning routine. I have a night routine and just consistency, consistent in therapy, consistent with my meds, staying with my routine. That helps me a lot. Like I am a routine kind of girl, you know, so that helps me. I love the fact that you're highlighting that you can certainly be tired of the journey and yet still going. Mm-hmm. Because I know like some people might get tired and quit and other people might see you doing the stuff in the organization and, you know, working out with the running three miles, like, and they might think, well, Takia doesn't get tired. Takia, like Jordan, they're, they're advocates of this. They don't go through nothing. But the reality is we're all still going through mm-hmm. and, you know, when, when someone recovers from suicide, uh, suicide ideations, it certainly is like a recovery period. Like in some people go on remission, some people experience those ideations over and over again. So I, I appreciate again, like this, this podcast is just producing so much vulnerability and I love it. I love this. (laughs) (laughs) You bringing out all of it. You bringing out, making me tear up, Jordan over here crying. (laughs) Uh, Now I see what I'm crying. (laughs) <laughs> all right now we like okay and we see what going her sessions with her clients <laughs> i mean <Right. laughs> it's a mark it's a mark of a good therapist to get you like feeling comfortable enough that you can be vulnerable so no that's off real. to you mm-hmm. that's real we see that as like a, a a trophy a badge of honor if you will the first yes. time you make somebody cry oh you tapping into your emotions beloved i love it let's keep going let's stay there <laughs> Oh, I love this. Um, you ladies are, are so inspirational. So I, I want to kind of go backward a bit. So you guys talked about therapy and um, being being able to progress in therapy. Takia, you've been with your therapist for eight years. Uh, Jordan, you're in the process of finding you're, you're between therapists right now. And that's OK. Um, but you talked about like ne- the need to be ready, like you have to be ready to do the work when you're a therapy, because a lot of people have this misconception that when you come to a therapist, you're just there to talk. And that's not and the they key. gonna fix you. Yeah. They, they gonna fix you. I'm gonna go to one session up. That's it. Exactly. Oh, no, it, don't, it don't work like that. From, yeah, I remember yeah. I was maybe like, ooh, I wanna say two months into some form of mental health treatment. And my mom, bless her heart, I love my mom. She looked at me and she was like, You ain't better yet? I'm like, um, no. no there's more work to be done um Mm -hmm. but you know what honestly I will say to anyone listening who's in therapy 
and you go and you just vent. I really did prolong a lot of my own suffering by Mm. not implementing the coping strategies that my therapist was trying to encourage me to do. Because I honestly did feel like, you know what? If I go here and I cry enough and I complain enough and I rage enough, like this is going to, one day it's just going to all fall off of me and I'm going to be good and I'll move on. Um, Even I've been on and Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba off medication throughout the years I'm not on any medication now but you know if I just take this medication long enough my depression is going to be gone I'm going to be cured so to speak um it wasn't until 2018 when I went to um, a mental health hospital here in Maryland that I actually started to put things into practice and I will say that made a huge difference in my recovery journey because mental health treatment is not a passive thing. You really have to be active and invested in your recovery if you want to get better. I wish I would have known that when I was 22 in 2012, but you know, I didn't, it didn't connect with me for several years after that, so. Yeah, Yeah. well, go ahead, Takia. I wish I could tell. I wish I was, you know, me listening to myself at 22, Mm -hmm. um, because I would have saved myself a world of heartache had I just, you know, practiced some of the things that my therapist was trying to get me to do. I think when we, so two things there, right? So a lot of people, one, aren't educated on like what therapy actually is. So we go mm-hmm. based on like what the media tells us, right? So when we see it on TV, when we see it in movies, yeah, you are sitting in a chair just like talking about life, right? Um, even like the hospital scenario, I'm glad y'all brought that up, like Good Burger, like that showed us what a psychiatric hospital is. So as a millennial growing up, like you have that in your mind that that's what inpatient hospitalization is like. Right. And so like a lot of times that can be dismantled by us kind of just like educating people more in terms of what therapy is and the work that has to be done in order to to really receive the benefits of it. So, um, again, I'm I'm happy that you're bringing this up. It looks like we lost the key a bit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure she'll pop back on. Yeah, it's totally okay. Totally okay. All right. So can you tell us a little bit about how uh, loved ones, how loved ones can support their individuals and their families or friends or whatever who are experiencing suicidal ideations or attempts or what have you? How can we get that type of support? Yeah, you know what? I think one of the most powerful tools in helping someone who's experiencing mental health crisis and particularly having thoughts of suicide is to actively listen to what they're like. Don't be afraid to ask them. Number one. Um, I think that people are afraid to say the word suicide and chances are, if you ask them like, Hey, I've noticed, you know, some changes in your behavior. Are you considering suicide? 
I know I personally, I personally was relieved. Was relieved. I would have been, been relieved, I'm sorry. If someone if had someone asked me that asked specifically, me that specifically because, because it would have gave me an opening. I would have said, you know what? I am thinking about that. I feel like if someone would have just asked me, Jordan, I've noticed these changes in your behavior. I definitely became more withdrawn. Um, you know, I wasn't reaching out to my family as frequently. If someone would have just asked me how I was doing and would have been willing to listen to my answer, mind you, because if you ask someone, you might not get the answer that you're wanting to hear. It might be something that's hard for you to hear. But if you're able to just listen and have a conversation with them and be non-judgmental, that's one of the major ways that you can actually support someone, a loved one, a family member, a friend who's experiencing suicidal thoughts. Which to Kia, the question was, you know, um, how can you support loved ones who um, are dealing with like a mental health crisis or suicidal thoughts? So I just mentioned, um, you know, listening non-judgmentally and being willing to hear what that person has to say, even if it's something painful. Yes, a devil won't devil won't let me be great today, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> I was I'm it was the whole day, Mom. Guess who podcast I'm gonna be on? Look, excited and look, gosh, it's but okay. it's okay. Um, We're making it work, right? <laughs> um, I always encourage this: have a a a open mind to learn you can take mm -hmm. mental health first aid shameless plug i'm certified to teach that it's an evidence-based training that teaches you how to identify signs and symptoms of mental health challenges but also effective ways to assist someone a lot of times we think we're saying something that's helpful but you're actually making it worse you can have great intentions but the impact you talk about intent versus impact like that's a thing. So if you're saying something, yeah. you're like, yeah, I said, but you don't know that it's actually making that person feel worse. So I encourage whether it's assist, which is the a suicide prevention training or the QPR question, persuade, referred, take that training, suicide prevention training as well. They have youth mental health first aid. They have adult. They have teen. So really take the time to be educated. Yes, it's an investment. You got to take the training. It's great, you know, you can add it on your resume, say you're certified, you know, but people do it for CPR all the time. If you see someone pass out and you're like, you're like, oh my gosh, I know what to do if someone is something, if you, if they're, if they're physically hurt, you know what to do if you're trained in CPR. Now, what happens with mental health? Like if someone is having a panic attack or experiencing um, depression or whatever the issue might be. Think about if you have the knowledge and the skills to actually effectively assist someone. So I'm always pushing to take any form of evidence-based training that you're not teaching this is not going to make you be a therapist. Let me just say that. No, you're just learning how to identify signs and symptoms and best ways to assist someone and then to refer them to the appropriate help. And that is so important. And there's an entire section on listening non-judgmentally because some of us don't know how to listen non-judgmentally. We just listen for the person to be quiet and then you want to insert what you got to say. Or they they want to give advice when in that yeah. moment the person might not be looking for advice. They're looking for right. like just 
like y'all said, a listening ear. So for those of y'all who are listening and you don't know what non-judgmental listening looks like, how would you ladies define it or even provide an example? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, I, I think I got one. Something that happened. So I was doing this interview and the host said that his daughter was said that she was going to kill herself because her boyfriend had just broke up with her or she had just broken up with her boyfriend. And he was like, that's dumb. Why would she want to do that? Like what? Like that is not, that's, that's an example of exactly. you're not listening non-judgmentally. That's like right. a perfect example of that because what we have to realize is that how one person responds to something is not going to be how the other person responds. We have different experiences that make us who we are. We all have a different level of resiliency and it's very different. It varies from person to person. And so people are always are quick to say, if I was you, I would do this or I wouldn't do that, but you're not that person. And that's exactly. what I think kind of goes into like listening without judgment. Yeah, it made me think about, um, Takiyah, what you were just saying, like with the assist training, because we've both taken it, Takiyah and I, the idea that, you know, what you can't assume that what would make you happy would make the other person happy. So, for instance, if someone, you know, approaches you and they tell you that they're thinking about suicide, you can't assume that that nice house or that nice car, that good job, that amazing significant other those kids, that promotion, you can't assume that those things are, I guess, enough of a life connection that, you know, someone wouldn't consider suicide. Because how do you know that that beautiful house isn't one payment away from foreclosure or one mispayment away? Like, how do you know that great job, there isn't something going on and they're possibly, you know, being considered for disciplinary action how do you know that relationship is amazing because you see a picture on social media you know what i'm saying like you can't make the assumption that what would make you happy would make someone else happy because i know for instance it's like i guess it's kind of dismissive if someone does say you know are you thinking about you know i'm thinking about suicide and you're like but you have that really nice xyz and it's like so that doesn't mean so validating. Yes, clearly they're approaching you because they're even with all those things, they're experiencing some, you know, distress mentally. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's. Um so yeah, you can't make the assumption that what would what would be enough of a connection for you is enough of a connection for someone else, I suppose. Oh, I have an example, Dr. Word. Shonda. Uh -huh. I, would, I remember before my diagnosis was bipolar disorder, it was major depressive, but I, I remember I was off of medication at the time and I went to the doctor and because I was in the process of looking for a new psychiatrist, but I just went to a PCP just so I could get my medication. And I went and I remember the, the nurse looked at the chart and I was like, looking in hindsight, I'm like, they need to train nurses in mental health. But either way, the nurse came up in there and said, you're so pretty. Why are you depressed? I never said I was ugly. Really? <laughs> 
like the two are mutually exclusive. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, like it's like that's so invalidating. And you you think because a person has whether that, you know, it's it had nothing to do. I don't have low self-esteem. It had nothing to do. It's literally a chemical imbalance. And I'm just here trying to get my medication so I can get stable. But that was her response. That was invalidating. You're so pretty. Why are you depressed? Like she what? said, I never said I was ugly. <laughs> 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 I wish you would have said that to her because I want to see her response. Like, who says that? Like, who? I can't. But you're like right. That was so, supposed to make you go, oh, you're right. I don't feel that, depressed anymore. Right. I don't need to be here anymore. Life right. is good. Like, what? <laughs> I cannot because depression is only for people who are ugly. Like, I don't get it. Right. Like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> I can't. I cannot. Um, okay, so I know we're over time. Are y'all good with time? I'm good. Okay. I'm enjoying myself, okay? Okay. <laughs> awesome, awesome. That's how you know it's a good listen. Like, when you're the host is enjoying themselves, the guests enjoying themselves, like, that's how you know it's, it's legit. And a lot of people are going to be blessed by that. So um, I'm appreciative. Um, so, ladies, can you tell us more about some of the work that you're doing in your organization and, like, things that you guys have coming up? Yes. Um, we have, not sure when this is airing, but... <laughs> Uh, we have um, our support group that we are um, hosting. It's called Black and Suicidal. And it is a peer support group for Black people who struggle with suicidal ideation. Our One of our board members of our organization um, is a clinician um, currently in training. So she'll be co-facilitating with us. Um, because I am trained um, as a certified peer support specialist in Maryland. I'm not sure. Some people don't know what peer support specialists are. Um, they're people with lived experience. I don't do clinical work, but I have worked at mental health organizations and I've helped um, people with mental health and some with substance use um, develop recovery plans, connect them to resources. Um, I had to take evidence-based training. I had to do supervision. I had to take a state test. Um, so it was a pretty rigorous um, program, but um, peer support is valuable. And I decided mm -hmm. to just kind of do that because I wish I would have had someone say to me, like, Taki, you know what? Like, I survived an attempt. Like, I just wish I had a me back then, you know? Like, I wish I had someone that, because, you know, as you know, as a clinician, even if you do have some lived experience, like it's unethical to be like, yeah, girl, I went through that too. Right. You know, so you can't say that. But the great thing about peers is that like we're trained when to disclose that information if it might be helpful. So that's kind of why we we're doing the support group. But we will have a clinician here just because of the nature of the topic. Um, we also are having, if you are in the DMV, uh, we will be at uh, Martin Crosswind September 28th. Eighth, um, uh, in person, and I'll be speaking on a panel of with the Maryland Office of Suicide Prevention. Um, and we will be will be there as well. We're a partner uh, with the state for their Taking Care of Us Committee to combat um, suicide in Maryland. And then we also have an event coming up October 3rd um, with Onyx Therapy Group, uh, Dr. Plummer. And we'll be discussing specifically how to support people who are struggling with suicidal thoughts. Um, and that will be virtual. And the support group is virtual as well. Amazing. It sounds like you guys have a lot going on. 
We do. I be I wear Jordan out. I just be like, Jordan, we doing this. And she'd be like, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm cool with it. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And how many certifications do you have? It's like, <laughs> oh, I'm certified in this. And I got this and that also. <laughs> I have four. So youth mental health first aid, adult mental health first aid, wellness recovery action plan. And then I am certified as a peer support specialist. But I do have to take... CEUs every single, you know, few every two years to keep my certification. And your girl is applying for PhD programs right now. So <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. So I'm excited. I'm applying for public health because I want to research um, suicide prevention um, within the black community. So or either it's between that or community psychology. So I am in the thick of applications right now. Oh my goodness. That's so awesome. I'm so proud of you ladies. Look, Dr. Blackman loading soon, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to work Great. on some certifications. I don't quite have my peer certification yet, but I did work in peer support, which is actually interesting because Takiya and I both worked in peer support, but our experience is a little bit different because she worked on the mental health side and most of my peer work was on the substance use side, even though I have no lived experience with any type of substance use. But, um, you know, I was still able to connect with a lot of people because they they tend to have like a co-occurring disorder, like they're using substances to soothe some kind of mental distress. Um, so, you know, I'm working on my certifications, too. But, you know, y'all y'all stay tuned. <laughs> period. Period. These ladies are taking the community by storm. So we are well, I am very appreciative of your time. Uh, to come here and to, to educate us on your lived experience as well as like what you do for the community. Yes. Thank you for having us. Of course. Yes. Of course. Of course. Can you tell the people where they can find y'all? Social yes, media. Yes, you can find us on Instagram, Black People Die mm -hmm. by Suicide 2. Um, we do have a podcast ourselves of the same name, Black People Die by Suicide 2 podcast. You can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple, iHeart. Um, we're on YouTube. Um, we got a TikTok page. Y'all come look for us. We, we are more than happy to connect with you. Amazing. Amazing. Again, I'm so proud of y'all. Listen, it's been lit. We have literally been talking about destigmatizing uh, suicide in the black community and you ladies are again just like taking the industry by storm and I am as a clinician I'm forever grateful for it like I really am thank you that thank means you. a lot for sure I know we love the therapist when we get an approval like a round of applause from a therapist I'd be like y'all we doing it right I'd say it all the time my therapist be like Taki I'm so proud of you or another ther or a therapist will send a DM they'd be like I'm so proud of y'all be like, yo, we got the therapist to sign off. We doing yes. it right. <laughs> yes. No, y'all are. Y'all are. And I can imagine the number of people, the countless people who are like just blessed by your testimonies and your transparency and vulnerability. Like, it's amazing. Thank awesome. you so much, girl. For sure. Who knew? For sure. Who knew almost missed flight? <laughs> right. <laughs> Would lead to this, right? Right, right. right. That, and that's why I say I don't believe in coincidences. I really don't. Because if our flight wasn't delayed and they because they only they only called like a small group of people to the mm -hmm. uh, American Airlines line. to right. talk to So if we wasn't over there, like we would have never like saw each other. Right. So, yeah, it's just, again, all God. So, yes. <laughs> 
All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast. Make sure y'all tune in next Wednesday. We're going to have to make this a two-parter because there's a lot of information. I want y'all to like dig into it, write notes, do everything you need to do. Uh, so we'll release one episode when you're listening to it. The following episode, part two, will be released next week. All right, y'all. It's been real. See y'all. All right, it's stop. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba da ba ba ba.